Well, as Gwen just said, there's a difference between talking about doing something and actually doing it. We can talk about cleaning the basement, but until we actually do it, that's a different thing. We can talk about weeding the garden, but until we actually do it, we haven't done anything. The difference between talking about doing something and actually doing it is the difference between hot air and action. It's between talking and walking the walk. This is part of what we mean by incarnation. Putting word into deed. The word becomes flesh. You know, there's a difference between talking about doing love and loving. There's a difference between talking about forgiveness and forgiving. There's a difference between talking about mercy and being merciful. You know, James says this very clearly. If a brother or sister is ill-clad or in lack of daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what does it profit? So faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. Faith is to be incarnated. Faith is to be action. Now John says, the word became flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. The word incarnated grace and truth. The word, which we learned three weeks ago in the sermon that began this series, the word was God, the word was with God. Everything that was made was made through the word. Without the word, nothing was made that was made. In the word was life, and that life was the light to all people. This word, this pre-existent word of God, will put grace and truth into action. The word will show us what grace and truth are. And of course, John tells us, in the next couple of verses, that the Word was Jesus. Jesus, then, puts into flesh what grace and truth are. Jesus shows us what grace and truth are. Now some words about grace. Grace is being gracious. It is putting the other person first. It is thinking of the other person. Grace is being thoughtful. Grace is sacrificing for the other person. It's putting aside one's own agenda. Grace is taking time for the other person. 
Grace is giving oneself. Grace is civility. It's kindness. It's gentleness. It's not insisting on its own way. It doesn't keep score, try to even the score. Until I do grace, I am not incarnating grace. I'm just talking about it. You know, Paul writes this about love in 1 Corinthians. I may speak in human languages, speak in the language of angels, but if I have not love, I'm just a noisy gong. When we see Jesus healing a leper, putting himself at risk, we see grace. When we see Jesus talking to the Samaritan woman who was quite an object of gossip, we see grace. When we see Jesus forgiving the woman taken in adultery, we see grace. When we see Jesus accepting the little children, we see grace. When we see him healing on the Sabbath and breaking the law for the sake of another, we see grace. When we see him feeding the hungry, we see grace. Jesus, the Word, embodied grace. This is what grace looks like. Richard Rohr, when he talks about the Incarnation, says the Incarnation crosses the line. And grace crosses the line between talking and doing. Full of grace and truth. Now, grace is a little easier to understand, I think, than truth is. In our world of lies, in our world of fake news, of alternative realities, of virtual realities, of alternative facts, of truthiness. Truth is hard to get a handle on. Well, truth is not a sum of sentences. It's a life. Kierkegaard says that some people build beautiful palaces with their words and then live in the doghouse next door. Well, truth doesn't live in the doghouse. Truth is being true to principles. Truth is being consistent with one's words. It does walk the talk. Truth is integrity. Truth is commitment. 
it is that who we are in public is who we are in private. And who we are in private is who we are in public. And truth will not deal in generalities, but it will deal in particulars. It's easy to talk about things in generalities. I accept all people. But truth accepts that person who really annoys us and really rubs us the wrong way, and that person who we would prefer wasn't around. Truth loves that particular person. It doesn't get away with just saying, I love everybody. Jesus loved people in particular. He loved the marginalized Syrophoenician woman and healed her daughter. He loved those possessed by demons who were put on the fringes of society. He loved particular people. Love for him was not a theory. He moved from the abstract to the concrete. And truth will not deny what is before it, regardless of the cost. Truth will not pretend that something isn't there. Truth will not say, oh, it isn't that bad. Truth will not say, oh, it's okay. Truth will not say, oh, you don't have a drinking issue. Truth will not say, I don't have a drinking issue. Truth tells the truth and faces the truth. Denial is easy. Truth really on times is taking up one's cross. Truth is courageous and risky. And here, too, it crosses a line. Truth is shaped by grace. Truth is true to grace. The truth of life is fidelity to the purpose for which we were created. And we were created for grace. Full of grace and truth. John calls this Christ's glory. Well, normally we think of glory as um, standing on the 50-yard line at Lucas Oil Field holding up the Big Ten trophy. Normally we think of glory as the confetti falling and the balloons falling and winning the soccer trophy. Normally we think of glory as big and splashy and prestigious. Normally we think of glory as what we have and maybe power 
Glory is loud and victorious. It's fulfillment. Christ's glory is truth and grace. It's quiet. It's not showy. One person said of the baby in the manger, the love of God hits the world with all the force of a hint. That's Christ's glory. It hits the world with all the force of a hint. Christ's glory of truth and grace is about service. And there's fulfillment in service, too. One of the benefits, in a way, of the pandemic is we see lots of examples of glory. In a way, the pandemic has revealed what glory is. When I watched Sandra Lindsay, the nurse in New York, take the first received the first inoculation for the virus and watched her sitting there and having the needle injected into her arm, I thought, she's in glory. She's a nurse who cares for people. And her receiving the inoculation was service, showing that people could do this. Throughout the pandemic, we have seen doctors and nurses and healthcare workers in glory. We have seen those on the front lines, teachers, and firefighters, and police officers in glory. We have seen those who work in food distribution in glory. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Now when we read that passage about the Word was God and the Word was with God five, three weeks ago, I didn't define what the Word was. The word was the creative principle of the world, of the universe. The word, as we learn by the end of the John's prologue, the word is grace. The word is truth. If we connect the dots here, the creative principle of the universe is grace. The creative principle and the founding principle of the universe, of the cosmos, is grace. The world is not about getting ahead. It's not about having an edge. It's not about bullying or belittling. It's not about having or taking or getting. 
the word and the universe is about grace it's about generosity it's about gratitude the purpose of the cosmos and of life is grace the word became flesh and dwelt among us full of grace and truth then John goes on to say and from his fullness we all have received grace and truth grace upon grace we all have received now that's gracious right there all have received grace the image is a fountain it's a fountain that keeps flowing it's a fountain where grace is continually present God is continually giving grace we can't take grace we can't get grace we can't legislate grace we can only receive it and Christ gives us this grace that we can be in sync with the cosmos that we can be in sync with the world that our lives will be in sync with God it seemed at one time there used to be speculation about what the next step in evolution would be would the next step be brainier would the next step be stronger well in a sense when we see the glory of the word and we see the grace and truth of the word we've seen the next step the next step is a being full of grace and full of truth that baby that was born in Bethlehem isn't the only one about grace and truth the gift of the baby is that we also receive this grace and truth that we may be people of grace may it be so amen